What a joy to be in your midst this morning. It's a privilege given by the Almighty God, and we're not taking it for granted. And I want to thank God for the set man over this house. One thing I know before I talk about Pastor Mariam is to celebrate the apostle Dr. Cole and his wife. Will you put your hands together to celebrate them? You are a prophet of the Most High God. Thank God for your integrity. Greater grace upon you, sir. We salute you. Amen. And Pastor Shegun, oh, we call him Pastor Shegun. That's his Nigerian name. So in case if you don't know. But in America, he has a name called Pastor Isaac. Come on, put Pastor Isaac. Put your hands together for Pastor Isaac. I know him. I know him very, very well. Uh, you know, there are some people, when you meet them in your life, you ask the question that, where have you been all this while? Where have you been? I understand the purpose and the importance of relationship. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 20, it said, He that walks with the wise men shall be wise. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. I can predict what your life will be in the next two to three years if I know the kind of friendship you are associating yourself with. If you are associating with anointed people, if you are not anointed at that time, as time goes on, the anointing will be rubbing on your life. If you are poor and you have rich people to be your friend, before you know what happened, as you continue to walk with them, you become rich. What a lot of people don't know that there is nothing mystical about success. There is nothing mystical about prosperity. Just discover people that are succeeding, people that are prospering in their marriage, in their family, in their businesses, in their career. Take the right step they are taking. Say what they are saying. Do what they are doing. Before you know what happened, you begin to have the kind of result they have. And when I met Pastor Mario, I could see the love of God personified. I could see the joy of God personified. You can't be around Pastor Marion and his wife, Sister Stephanie, for your life to just be the same. They will make you happy. Church of the Living God, I want you to stand up one more time. Let's celebrate Pastor Maria and Sister Stephanie. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please, you may be seated because of my time. Family, because you have become my family. I don't go to a place where I am not going to be celebrated. And I thank God for the honor that you are giving your pastor and the honor you have shown to us since we came to this place. So this has become our family too. Can I talk to you as a family this morning? That is what I want to do. When we are talking about two streams, faith and glory. Pay close attention to this. In America here, we spend what we call dollar. That's the currency in America. If you go to Europe, they spend what they call euro. 
if you branch at United Kingdom, Great Britain, they don't spend dollar there. They spend pounds. In the kingdom of God, the currency of the kingdom is faith. What do I call it? Faith. Without faith, there is nothing you can receive from the Almighty God. Without faith, you can enjoy the blessings of the Almighty God. By faith, you are saved. By faith, you are justified. By faith, you are walking. By faith, you are standing. By faith, you receive your healing. By faith, you receive the anointing. By faith, there is nothing you can receive from the Almighty God without faith. So, if somebody is asking you, what is faith? So, faith is so simple. I'm not going to go into the theology of faith. Faith is the ability to hear the word. Somebody say to hear the word. That's number one. Number two, to receive the word. That's number two. Number three, to understand the word. Number four, to believe the word. And number five, to act on what you claim you believe. Let me come again. What is faith? Ability to hear the word. Number two, to receive the word. Number three, to understand what you are hearing, what you have received. Number four is to believe in what you are receiving. We hear many things. We understand little. But until you hear the word, faith never comes. Until you receive the word, faith never comes. Until you understand the word, Faith never becomes potent. You have to believe, but believing is not enough. What you claim that you believe, you must put it into practice. So when you walk on what you believe, we claim that you have faith. That's about faith. It's the currency of the spirit. It's the currency of the kingdom. So pay close attention to that. Now, when we're talking about glory, I'm going somewhere with all this. Anytime you hear the word glory, let this be in your heart. Everything that makes God, God can be found in the glory. Everything that makes God to be God can be found in his glory. A pastor was speaking the other time. He was talking about the spirit of God. When that particular spirit of Elijah, which is the Holy Spirit, came upon Elisha, that happens to be the glory of God. Somebody say the spirit of God is the glory of God. Now, another scripture in the life of Elisha, I mean Elijah, the man of God, when he came in confrontation with the prophet of Baal, he called the people of Israel together. He said, from today, I want you to make your own allegiance. Either you want to serve the bed or you want to serve the living God. He called the Almighty and the fire fell down. That is the glory of God. Somebody say glory of God. Now, do you know that 
God, nobody, God didn't create fire. Study the Bible properly. There was no time God created fire. That is to let you know that God himself is the fire. Are you following what I'm talking about? God himself is what? Fire. He said, I am the consuming fire. That's what the Bible says. There are some things you need to know about God. Nobody created light. He just brought light into existence. God is light. Somebody say God is light. God is love. Somebody say God is love. And God is life. You need to know God is light, God is love, and God is life. All these things can be found in the glory of God. So when the glory of God comes to your life, you have the life of God in you. When the glory of God comes to your life, you have the light of God in you. Hear what the Bible says in the book of Psalm, chapter 36, verse 9. Psalm 36, verse 9. It said, with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In your light, we see light. When light of the gospel comes to your life, every power of darkness will shatter. What, that is when the glory of God comes upon your life. Now, how do you now command the glory of God? What is the glory of God? Number one, I told you, everything that makes God to be God can be found in his glory. What else can we find in the glory of God? With the glory of God is what we call the state of splendor magnificence and prosperity. Can I tell you something? People are running up and down today because they want to prosper in their lives, in their businesses, in their career. But they have forgotten one thing. The presence of God. Without the presence of God, the glory of God can come down. I want to speak to you today to embrace the presence of God in your life. When the presence of God becomes part and parcel of your life, the glory of God will be manifesting. It will be difficult for you not to have faith in God. What am I talking about? If I come to you today and say, look at Pastor Isaac, for example. He came to Bethel Harvest Church and he preached powerfully about faith on Saturday night. And he even came with Pastor Toye this morning. And somebody said, I know Pastor Isaac. Pastor Isaac didn't come to Bethel's church today. But you have seen him. Will it be difficult for you to believe what that man says to you that he didn't come. You say, no, I saw him. I knew where he sat. The pastor Marion talked about him. Pastor Toy also talked about him. Dr. Cole even spoke about him. I saw him. 
because you came to the presence of the people of God, where Pastor Isaac is, you are there also. What am I saying to you? You cannot see the glory of God without the presence of God. If the presence of God is absence in your life, you can't believe him. Let me give you another example. When President Donald Trump used to be the president of the United States of America, if I say, how many of you here knows about Donald Trump? If you are an American, of course you know about Donald Trump. You know him? How many of you know him? But many of us, we have not seen him with our eyes. But if I say, do you think Ivanka knows Donald Trump? What will you say? Why? Because it is his daughter. You know about Donald Trump, but Ivanka, his daughter, knows him in and out. Am I talking to somebody here? Many of us knows about God. We don't really know God intimately. And until you know him intimately, you can't stand for him. Until you know him intimately, his glory cannot be revealed in your life. But you need to get to a place whereby the first thing in your life that you must seek after is the presence of God. Everybody say the presence of God. Why is it so important? In the book of Psalm 16, verse 11, Psalm 16, verse 11, the Bible says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence, there is a fullness of joy. And at your pleasure, at your right hand, there are pleasure forevermore. In the presence of God, God shows you his glory. In the presence of God, God releases his power upon your life. In the presence of God, God gives you what you need to know about your business, about your family, about your ministry, about your career, about your education. Everything is in the presence of God. Everybody said the presence of God. But how can you enter into the presence of God? There are conditions to enter into the presence of God. If you want to go to the White House now, you can't say because you're an American citizen, you just appear in the White House. They will not allow you to enter. You must follow the protocol. This is what to do. This is how to do it. And when the president comes around, this is how to behave. This is not how to behave. If you don't follow the protocol of the White House, if you want to see the president of the United States of America, it will never be possible. It is not enough to come to church and begin to say, oh, I want to, I want to see the glory of God. It is not enough to be singing and jumping. These are part of it. Praises and worship is the first protocol we need to enter into the presence of God. But when we get to the presence of God, what do we do? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the presence of God is available. That is to let you know that his glory is available. But not everyone who comes to the presence of God will see God. The same way, not everyone who goes to the White House will have the opportunity to see the president. As we are here now, we are in the presence of God. But not everyone is hearing the voice of God. Some people are here, all what they are doing is just to be looking around. I like that sister, how she's shouting. I like that brother, how she's shouting. I like that pastor, the one he preached powerfully. That is what you can hear. But the presence of God has more than enough to offer you. What do you do? What are the qualifications you need to possess to really see God in action? You don't just come to the presence of God and say, I'm in the presence of God. God is not your errand boy. Are you following what I'm talking about? You can't order him around. It's not at your mercy. He need, I mean, he has everything you will ever need for your prosperity, for your joy, for your life to have meaning. So you need to humble yourself even to secure his presence. The first thing you need to enjoy the presence of God is what I call the heart of consecration. Everybody say consecration. Say it louder. Come with me to the book of Psalm 15. Let's hear what the Bible says. Let me read some scripture to you here. Psalm 15, chapter 15. Please, if you have been coming to church without your Bible, you better come with your Bible. As from today. Amen. Look at what the Bible says. It said, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in the holy hills? Then first began to make some recommendation. Number one, he who walks uprightly and walks righteousness and speak the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongues, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against a friend. In whose eyes a viperson is despised, but he honor those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own heart and does not change. He who does not put his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. You can't see the presence of God if you are still living in sin. You know, when it comes to the issue of sin in, in today's world, especially in America, we trivialize sin so much. Everyone is doing it. Why can't I do it? No, not everyone is doing it. Your heart 
must be pure if you want to see God. Because God doesn't speak to your head. He speaks to your heart. Can I hear your amen? amen. Your heart, there is one thing God is asking from you. He doesn't need your money. He gives you the money you have. It doesn't need your title. He gave you the title you have today. The Bible says a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from above. So, but there is one thing God is asking from you. He knows that if he gets that one thing, it will be easy for him to get your, your attention. And it will be easy for him to pour his glory upon you. What is that? Somebody say my heart. My heart. Say it louder. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. 23, 26. Say Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26. Say, my son, give me your heart. And let your eyes observe my ways. If you have given your heart to God, it will be impossible when he asks for something in your hand for you to say you are not giving. When your heart is with God, he can pour his glory upon your life. How many of us today are still living in sin? We live like the unbelievers. We talk like them. We go to the same places where the unbelievers are going. We are dressing like them. We do things like them. And we are expecting the glory of God to come. It's not going to come. Every one of us, we need to clean up. Everybody say, clean up. Until we clean up, the glory of God can come. God's eyes is too pure to be holy iniquity. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. God's eyes is too pure to be holy iniquity. Anytime God wants to bless you, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord, he moves to and fro throughout the earth. Anytime he wants to bless a man or a woman, the first thing is he, the touch light of the almighty God will consecrate on that particular individual. As soon as he sees sin in that heart, in that life, he take it away. Clean all. Everybody say clean all. Your hands must be clean. Your tongue must be clean. Your life must be clean. Everything about you must be holy because God is holy. Because God is holy. Many of us today, Christianity has become a you know, religious to many of us. Okay, I was born a, a Christian. As a result of that, I got to go to church. My name is David. I got to go to church. I don't have any other thing. But you are coming to church, but the God of the church is not inside of you. If I ask you today, if Jesus should come now, how many of us are ready even to go with him? In case you don't know, Jesus is coming soon. Are you following what I'm talking about? And it's not coming for a polluted life. It's coming for holy, holy people. Somebody say holy people. Remember what the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. It said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. It didn't say blessed are the people that come to church. 
but people that are pure in heart, for they is a seagull. From this particular scripture we read, I want to beg you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is nothing for God to release his glory upon you. He is looking for you, but he wants you to purge out your life first. Until you, are, you become holy, the glory of God can never come down. The glory of God is not in shouting. The glory of God is not in knowing the Bible. Something happened some years ago. Because we are preachers, that doesn't make us to be qualified for the kingdom of God. Anyone can preach. Anyone can preach. Hear me. Something happened some years ago during the time of President Obama. He went to South Carolina. I mean, maybe South or North Carolina there. I don't know the function. So he found himself in the church. And he was singing Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. And after the song, he began to preach. And I was watching on CNN. I said, man, this guy can preach, man. He can preach better than some of us, the pastors. But does that make him a child of God? Don't confuse your activities in the church with your relationship with your God. Holiness. Somebody say holiness. That is the way the glory comes. Let it be known to you. Holiness. That is the way the anointing comes. If you are anointed, once upon a time you used to be anointed, but now you are living in sin. That anointing may destroy you. But that is not the will of God. As I was praying for this conference, the Lord spoke to me to tell the people, clean up. Everybody say, clean up. Yeah. You will see the glory of God coming upon your life. Everything that makes God, God can be found in his glory. What are you looking for? You are looking for joy? It's in the glory. You are looking for peace? It's in the glory. God is the prince of peace. Joy depends on Jesus. Happiness depends on what is happening. But the real joy, everyone said the real joy. It's in Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no true joy. And joy can be found in his glory. Peace can be found in his glory. Prosperity can be found in his glory. Let it be known to you. The Bible tells us in Agar chapter 2 verse 8. He said the silver is mine. The gold is mine. Saith the Lord. Let me give you this testimony. I became a full-time pastor January 1, 1991. January 1, 1991. 31 years ago to be specific. I grew up with my grandmother in the countryside of Africa. We don't see moving vehicles for months. No light, no electricity, no pipe bomb water. You have to go into the forest even to, you know, to fetch water and you put it upon your head. For the first 14 years of my life, I did not wear a single shoe. I was walking barefooted. We were very poor. But I went to college by the grace of God. 
When I came to the city, the Lord spoke to me. I gave my life to Jesus Christ when I was a teenager. To God be the glory for that. I was born a Muslim. I went to Arabic school. Are you following what I'm talking about? I have led the Muslim prayer before. So I know. But when I came to the Lord Jesus Christ, I saw a turnaround. A turnaround in my life. But this is where I'm going. When the Lord called me into the ministry, with my grandmother in the countryside of Africa, she did not train me to be a beggar. You have to be satisfied and be contented with what you have. If you are not, um, if you are hungry, and somebody in the neighborhood say, come and hear, you tell them that you have just eaten. The discipline was so strong. I didn't know why, but God was preparing me for the ministry. So, I grew up as a teenager. I don't know how to beg. I don't know how to ask for anyone to help me because that was what my grandmother taught me. And I asked God. I said, let's settle this thing properly. I'm going to the ministry. Who pays my salary? I don't know how to beg. I, I can't be going to members' house or houses asking them to help me out. What am I going to do? And God told me something. When you come to the presence of God, like I was saying, anyone that makes inquiry makes discoveries. I ask questions. Lord, who paid my salary? I don't know how to beg. And the Lord said to me, who is the richest man in this country, Nigeria, today? I was in Nigeria then. And I mentioned the name. Okay? He said, who is the richest man in the world today? At that time, it used to be Bill Gates. And I said, Bill Gates is the richest man. Hear this. And the Lord said to me, if the man in your country, you're called the richest man, and Bill Gates, who happens to be the richest man in the world, according to what you told me now, I say, yes, sir. If they are your employer, and they employ you to their company or to their corporation or to their organization, and you are doing what they asked you to do. You are doing what they employ you to do. Would they have any problem in paying your salary? I said, no, sir. He said, why? I said, because they have the money. He said, I made Bill Gates. <laughs> that was what God told me. I said, I've never had that one before. I said, how? He, he's not even a believer. He said, I gave him what he has. Now, he now took me to that eight guys, chapter 2, verse 8. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. If you do what I ask you to do, I will be the one to pay your salary. 
Everybody says settled. I will be the one to pay your salary. I said, thank you, Lord. Now, the second question I ask. Now you are calling me to the full-time pastor. The pastor over me, any assignment he gives to me, we resume 9 a.m. in the morning. By 12 noon in the afternoon, I finish all the job. What am I going to be doing from 12 noon till around 5 p.m.? And it took me to another world. Everything about God can be found in his world. And I said to me, any elder from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 from verse 17, 1 Timothy 5, 17, any elder who labored in the world and in the doctrine, they are qualified of double honor. I said, what? He said, you study the word of God. You obey my instruction. Like Pastor Isaac was teaching you yesterday. If God has to show his glory upon your life, you must be ready to listen to his instruction. No instruction, no glory. Everybody say, no instruction, no glory. Until you obey the instruction of the almighty God, he's not going to reveal himself to you. So what do I begin to do? Keep on studying my word. Keep on teaching the people. Keep on doing what I ask you to do and I will take care of you. And I started. When I was about to come to the United States of America 26 years ago, hear me. The Lord gave me an instruction. I'm sending you to the United States of America not to pay, you know, visit to the members. Because in America, everybody's into their business. Don't go to their offices to disturb them. Keep on studying the word of God. Don't go to any man's house without a reason. Don't visit any other man's office without a reason. But if I want you to go to their house, I will give you what to do there. If I want you to go to their offices, I will tell you what to do. And as soon as you finish your assignment, you move back to my office. I began to do what God asked me to do. I can tell you by the glory, I mean by the grace of God, God has been blessing me. And let me say this thing to you. The same blessing is available even for you. If only you will clean up. If only you will take time to spend time in the presence of God. What do you do when you find yourself in the presence of God? You clean up. You came to the presence of God. You begin to study the word of God. Somebody say study. study. Say it louder. Study. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, 2 Timothy 2, 15, it says, Seeth thou a man, I'm quoting King James Version, old King James Version, Seeth thou a man, he said, no, it says study, everybody say study. It says study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, dividing the words of truth. Somebody may say, Well, I'm a businessman. Why do I need to study the word of God? I don't want to be a pastor. Let's leave the preaching for Pastor Marion and Sister Stephanie. I'm not a Pastor Mike. 
I'm not a preacher. Why do I need to study the word of God? Hear what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter 47. No, 48 verse 17. Give it to me on the screen, please. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. As you are studying, look at what the Bible will do for you. Come on. I'm waiting, guys. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. Look at it. It said, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of history, I am the Lord thy God. Which teached you to do what? To profit. Which leaded thee by the way you should go. God is a businessman. What kind of business are you doing? You think you don't need God. God said, I am the Lord. If you will obey my instruction, if you will spend time with me, I will tell you the secret of prosperity. I will lead you, I will teach you the way that you must take in order for you to have profit in your life. Let me say this thing to you. There is nothing you are going through now that you cannot discuss with the Almighty God. There is nothing you are going through now without a solution in the word of God. Hear what the Bible says. Maybe you are depressed. That is not of God. The simple solution for depression, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Joy in the Holy Ghost. All the songs that you are singing in the church. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know the song? New week has come. This is the week. This is the week that the Lord. Come on now. That the Lord. How we. At the beginning of the new month, what do you do? This is the month. This is the month. January 1st, 2023 is coming. What do you do? This is the year. This is the year. That the Lord has made. How we rejoice. How we rejoice. And be, and you can't be singing that kind of song for joy of the Lord not to wear puppy on you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. As the joy comes, the glory of God will come. And as the glory of God comes, every form of depression and oppression in your life will be defeated. I see God lifting you higher in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, you want to get married. Nobody wants to marry you. The solution is in the word of God. Amen to Jesus. You are married, but your husband is behaving, mis just misbehaving in the house. The solution is in the word of God. There is no problem that you are facing now, that you will ever face, that you will not find solution in the word of God. But you got to study. Somebody say, I got to study. When te Hear this. Temptation is not a sin. 
But to fall into temptation, that is where the problem lies. Because if temptation happens to be a sin, it means that Jesus has committed sin. Because he was tempted three times. But any time temptation comes, hey, you son of God, you've been fasting for the past 40 days and 49. Turn this stone to become bread so that the whole world will know you are a child of God. Jesus got to know that that happens to be temptation because he has studied the Bible. He said, hey, it is written. Everybody say it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Where do you think that particular scripture is coming from? He has read the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 3. That was the reason why he said it is written. The second temptation came. He said it is written. The third temptation came. He said it is written. You can wear out the devil by the power of it is written. But you got to know what is written. You got to know. If you don't know what is written in this book, the devil may defeat you. Many of us, we don't know the Bible. Many of us, we are not studying the Bible. We are too busy to study the word of God. And that is the reason why the glory has not been manifesting. But as from today, in Bethel Harvest Church, the glory of God will cover this house. I said the glory of God will cover this house. The power of God will cover this house. The presence of God will invade this house in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You got to know the Bible. Can you imagine? Somebody said, I'm an attorney in America. I'm a great attorney in America. But I don't want to know anything about the Constitution of the United States of America. You don't go to the Supreme Court and begin to blow grammar. Nobody understands your grammar. But if you know what the Constitution says, you can say, according to Constitution of the United States of America, chapter so-so-and-so, section so-so-and-so, check it. No matter what anybody may say, if what you are quoting is right, the jury and the judge will say, you are right. In the court of heaven, the devil is an accuser. He wants to take your prosperity away. He wants to take your joy away. He wants to take your health away. But you've got to have the word of God to tell the devil, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. He bore my grief. He carried my sorrow. He was wounded for my transgression. They placed a stripe upon him. And by the stripe that was laid upon Jesus, I'm healed. Hear this. I told you my story as I begin to round up. I was born poor. And I thought coming to Christ before I became a born again Christian, I close with this. We automatically make me a wealthy man. I kept on going to church. I kept on serving in the church. But my situation didn't change. 
until I began to study the word of God. And when I got to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 8, verse 9, where the Bible says, For you know the grace that was upon Jesus Christ, though he was rich, but for my sake, for your sake, he became poor, so that me, through his poverty, might become rich. I said, wow. And I meditated on that word. Jesus has taken my poverty. And he has given me his riches. Satan, away with you. The final thing you do, number one is to clean up. Number two is to know what the constitution of heaven says. Number three, the knowledge you have from the Bible you understand, you put it in your mouth in prayer. Are you following what I'm talking about? The word of God you know that you cannot activate will not bring any glory to you. So I told the devil, it is written, Jesus became poor so that me, through his poverty, might be rich. So Satan, your foul spirit of poverty, I curse you and I cast you out to the pit of hell. I receive my liberty. I am prosperous. I am rich. I am wealthy. You see, my confidence is rising. Anytime the devil comes to me to say you are going to die, because I knew what the Lord Jesus Christ did for me, he conquered death so that I can live. Jesus died at the age of 33, a young man. So I tell the devil, Jesus died young so that I can live long. Are you following what I'm talking about? He became poor so that I can be rich. He has taken my sorrow. He gave me his joy. He went to hell for me so that I can go to heaven. So every negative things in your life, Jesus has the solution for it. Rise upon your faith. All these things will happen. Let it be known to you. When you clean up, all these things will happen when you know the constitution called the Bible. All these things will happen when you put the knowledge of God that you have contacted into practice. It's been awesome since Friday. What you are taught on Friday what you were taught yesterday, what you are being taught this morning, don't let anybody ask you, ah, about the conference, two-stream conference, oh, it was powerful. All those great men of God that came, they bless us mightily. What did you learn about it? Mm. <laughs> I pray God will change your story. Beginning from now, when we see next year, your status or your status will have changed for the better. Lift up your hand and celebrate God. Come on. Let's celebrate him. Let's celebrate him. Come on, you can do better.